I've said that I expect my team to follow all the public health measures in this Justin Trudeau fourth wave pandemic. That includes expectations with respect to, to vaccines or an expectation to daily rapid testing if someone is not vaccinated. That is Aaron O'Toole on the hustings in Montreal today where he addressed the issue of vaccines, the issue taken up all the oxygen so far in this campaign, and he expects his can- candidates to be vaccinated. Um, and, of course, this falls on the whole issue of the uh, prime minister saying that uh, all federal employees have to be mandated and vaccine. Premier Ford, of course, issuing also a vaccine mandate for health care workers just yesterday. So also turning on that particular um, you know, side of the issue. Mr. Aaron O'Toole, leader of the Conservative Party, joining me now. Good to have you. Good to be with you, Alex. Uh, but you should listen Happy- to that clip again because you're actually a bit mistaken. I've said if you're not vaccinated, the expectation is our candidates have to do a daily rapid test. So we don't force or coerce anyone with respect to health care. Uh, I encourage people to get the vaccine because they're safe and effective for use. And my wife and I even publicized our vaccination process as people that had COVID. But there are tools we can use to have reasonable accommodations for some people that aren't vaccinated. That's our position. It's also my position for federal workers and for travel and, and using masks and other things, too. We can keep people safe uh, while having reasonable accommodations. How do you know who's vaccinated among your candidates? Do you know if there are any unvaxxed? We, we have, as I just said, taken the position that we're encouraging people to get vaccinated, but they make that decision for themselves. And if they're not vaccinated and they're actively out campaigning, we want them to be following all the all of their health uh, measures for their jurisdiction, their province. So mass distancing and to be using rapid testing to make sure that they keep their uh, their 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 health clear and aren't any risk of transmission. This is this is the, the problem with Mr. Trudeau's fourth wave election. He's trying to wedge people on vaccines rather than bring people together to say, hey, how can we use all the tools? to actually tackle keeping spread down. We've got pretty good vaccination levels and we've got people very used to using all the measures. Like we've all got our collections of masks hanging around our kitchens and stuff. So we're used to playing our role. Trudeau should stop playing with people's health, stop playing with uh, uh, an election for his own self-interest and start doing his job. There's, there's forest fires in BC that are out of control. The situation in Afghanistan is out of control. But Mr. Trudeau always puts himself first, and that's why we need a change, Alex. Okay, I want I want to pivot to some other issues um, that I certainly hear about uh, on my show. And, and, you know, you won the leadership insisting you're against a carbon tax and then introduced a carbon pricing rebate system allowing people to use money they pay into, you know, the levy to buy green products like bikes or a new furnace. Um, if there is one issue I hear about, Mr. O'Toole, it is this. Um, and, and the other side of your plan is, and I'm kind of simplifying it, is that you propose a price on carbon, $20 per ton, and it will increase to a maximum a maximum of $50 a ton over time. The base feels betrayed by this. And, and when you look at the new reports coming out from the United Nations, we are nowhere near reaching climate targets. And so, you know, the policy is what it is. It's, I mean, it's a tax, is a tax, is a tax. And that's how people look at it. But if it doesn't accomplish anything, what's the point? 
Well, the point is having a serious environmental policy, Alex, and I'm running to represent all Canadians, just not just some. And uh, the environment's important to me. We can actually get emissions down without Mr. Trudeau's crazy tax approach. So what I've put to the provinces is another proposal. And what is great about having someone who's actually worked in the private sector and done things, unlike Justin, I went out and worked with the top modeling firm on this to try and come up with an approach that maximizes jobs and investment in Canada, which we're going to need after COVID, but also has a route to get emissions down. But as I've said to to premiers, including Premier Wall, if the provinces come up with their made in Saskatchewan or made in insert province name solution, I will respect that. That's how our confederation is supposed to work. But after the Supreme Court case, I needed to put out an alternative that could show a path to meeting our targets without blowing up the economy. And what I find, not many people are grumbling about it, Alex, and the few that are haven't actually read the plan. So I'm happy to actually talk about it. I think Canada, when we sign on to things, whether it's our NATO commitment, whether it's Paris, we should have a plan to get there. Um, We're not going to throw the economy uh, out the window, as Mr. Trudeau does. So we're trying to come up with a plan that's balanced, that allows people to make their own purchase decisions. And it's innovative, and maybe that's what people aren't used to. Let me just step in, though, because, I mean, look, $50, if it doesn't go up, look, I'd like it to not be anything. But the point that the United Nations and others make is that, you know, it's going to have to go up by hundreds of dollars if we're to ever meet these targets. And if we do that, then we crush the economy. Uh, but again, you know, we're only apparently able to meet these climate targets if we put it up much higher. So at $50 a ton over time, again, people, you know, will no, look at that and say, you're, well, we're not you're really... Falling, you're, you're falling into where we failed as conservatives in the past. We've let the left define this issue, and you're using their language. I toured Enhance Energy in Alberta, uh, Alex. They have a pipeline of CO2 that they're pumping into the ground, sequestering it, and they're actually getting some remaining oil out of the ground. So they're utilizing carbon and storing it. There's amazing ways we can actually leverage the innovation in our sector Carbon capture, utilization, and storage is huge. Small modular reactors is huge. Enhancing some of the agricultural processes and forestry processes are huge. Mr. Trudeau talks trees and then doesn't plant any. Our our plan is very, very comprehensive and is going to leverage all these tools. And wouldn't it be great if we could actually have pipelines sequestering carbon and getting out of the ground uh, reserves that weren't tapped by traditional resources in, in energy extraction years ago. So there's so much innovation happening. I want conservatives to step up and, and talk about the environment in a smart way, not let Trudeau and all the other parties on the left define this issue. We're the party of farming families, of uh, outdoors people, fishermen, hunters. Like We care about conservation, so let's have smart policies to get there. Afghanistan is now the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, so it is never coming back, and it is easy to criticize. Uh, you did come out very quickly to say that you will not recognize the Taliban for anything other than a terrorist group, um, but you do have a military background. It's easy to criticize, but people will say, what would Aaron O'Toole have done to avoid what we are witnessing now? What would you have done? Well, what did I do, Alex? As, as some journalists like Joe Warmington and a few others, Roy Green, know, Uh, Five years ago, I was fighting to get our interpreters out of Afghanistan, the people that were left behind. We did have success with just one, a a, a gentleman named James Akam. And Trudeau 
uh, Hussein and Sejan ignored this issue. And even six months ago, when Biden said he was withdrawing, uh, we knew there was going to be chaos there. And the images out of Afghanistan are heartbreaking for our veterans and military families who gave so much during that mission. Mr. Trudeau abandoned those people until the very last minute. And I've always said, if people had our back over there as a country for our, our military, our aid work, and they're at risk because of us, we got to get them out. And I, I, our team has been trying. Um, this is another example of, of Justin Trudeau dragging his feet, slow to act, and he's really failed people in, in the most horrible way. President Biden said he has spoken to the UK, but we don't actually know if NATO allies are even talking at this place. I don't I don't know if Mr. Trudeau has spoken to any NATO allies. He did say he has talked to Hillary Clinton. What would you do day one on the job should you get it with this particular issue? Well, I'll restore our proper seat at the table in all of these groups, whether it's the Five Eyes or NATO. I think Canada's been seen as out of touch on everything from from China to to NATO to national security. Justin Trudeau made news at the NATO meetings, but it was for getting caught on tape mocking the U.S. president. He's not serious. I will be. I served in our military. I did training and, and served with with NATO fleet for a time in Europe and alongside the Americans. I've also worked on international business issues. I, I bring more than just a name to politics, like our current prime minister. And Canada has a role to play. And I think the Five Eyes and NATO especially should take a combined approach with the Taliban regime to ensure uh, the safe passage of people that are at risk because they helped Canada and to to push for human rights and, and aid and that it actually goes to the intended place and not, not to a regime that at its core is a terrorist organization. Major General Danny Fortin is facing sex assault charges. Now, I know this is before the court, so you can't comment on that. He does want his job back, but he has now been saying for weeks with his legal team that he believes that this charge stems from a political reason. Your thoughts? Well, the biggest concern I have is the three-year cover-up of allegations with respect to sexual misconduct. And Mr. Trudeau's chief of staff, his minister, the clerk of the Privy Council, everyone knew that a woman came to the ombudsman with a complaint, yet somehow the prime minister says he didn't know. He Now he extended the contract of the chief of defense staff and gave him a raise, but didn't know he was the subject of a complaint of sexual harassment. That cover-up culture, Alex, I think is making the government uh, react. And, you know, we have to send a zero-tolerance signal, but we need an independent process, not Mr. Trudeau now managing things. We need a completely independent inquiry here. And I've said for the, I said this six months ago, we need all general officers to have salary and promotions frozen because we had two chief of defense in a row and several other generals. We need to kind of pause things and restore confidence because I care deeply about the, the men and women in our military. And I want to start restoring the eroded trust that that's come up because of this Trudeau culture of cover-up. It's been shameful to see. Just before I let you go quickly, the Trudeau government is uh, dropping its quest to have this court uh, stop the disclosure of documents related to the firing of these scientists at Canada's highest security lab. You had been seeking to intervene on this case. 
The liberals ultimately use the courts to overpower parliament. Um, I think this sets a pretty dangerous precedent because any time a government wants to then defy orders of handing over documents to the opposition, uh, you know, the opposition could take um, parliament, I guess, to court, which is not how it's supposed to work in this country. Will we see the documents? Uh, obviously, I don't think we'll see them unless a reporter gets their hands on them. But, um, you know, will you release these uh, documents or will we see them before September 20th, possibly? Well, as prime minister, I've said I would, in the first 100 days, move to release the documents. You're, you're right. This is unprecedented, Alex, where there's been a, uh, a vote passed in Parliament to disclose just documents and to keep secure names and all those sorts of things uh, properly handled. Mr. Trudeau defied it and now is going to court, actually suing the speaker, one of his own Liberal MPs. I've had to be an intervener because here I can't let Justin Trudeau once again cover things up by using a court process. Then he goes to an election and now is saying there's no need for him to go to court because there's no government. This is literally a culture of entitlement and corruption with Justin Trudeau. It's why I'm in Quebec City today. I launched the second pillar of our plan, the toughest anti-corruption and transparency laws in Canadian history. And why do we need that, Alex? Because we've had the most corrupt government in history. Mr. Trudeau's been investigated for his own conduct three times. Bill Morneau, the wee scandal in the middle of a pandemic. They're still putting their friends first. Canadians deserve better, and our recovery plan, the second pillar on accountability, is desperately needed in Ottawa these days. I know I'm way over time, and I'm sure the bus is being held up, and uh, nonetheless, your press secretary probably given the evil eye. So I appreciate your time on this, and we'll talk again, Mr. O'Toole. Thank you. We'll always hold the bus for you, Alex. Take care. <laughs> there you go. I'll remember that next time. That's Aaron O'Toole, leader of the Conservative Party, of course. Uh, look, Jagmeet Singh, Justin Trudeau, all welcome on the show anytime. I'll be uh, fair. Even though I'm very critical, I still will be fair. Uh, but they're always welcome for their sake.